0: Welcome to River City 360. Views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, Matt Corot, the organizer of
1: Jane's Walk, will tell us all about this year's event and what sort of walks that'll be taking place in our
0: neighbourhoods. Then, Lynn Skramita, Executive Director of Folkfest, joins us in studio to tell us about this year's festival and the changes being made to the event over the past few years. We'll also
1: speak with Doug Brown, the Public Guardian and Trustee of Manitoba, and he'll tell us about the importance
0: of keeping an up-to-date will. And finally, we'll speak with Nathan Poole, Musical Director of Margaret's Choir. We'll talk about their upcoming spring concert, with all proceeds going to charity.
1: All these stories, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning. We've got a great show today, lots of interesting guests and great conversations. We'll talk about walking in Winnipeg through Jane's Walk, summer festival fun through Folk Fest, a great choir experience at Margaret's Choir, and a very valuable conversation about Will Week, which is taking place this week starting Monday. So there's a lot to get to, we don't want to waste any time, but let's play a quick song before we start things off. Here's Jim Croce with I'll Have to Say I Love You in a Song, right here on River City
2: 360. Well I know it's kinda late, I hope I didn't wake you, but what I've gotta say can't wait. I know you'd understand. Every time I try to tell you The words just came out wrong So I have to say I love you In a song Yeah, I know it's kind of strange Every time I'm near you I just run out of things to say I know you'd understand Every time Tell you the words just came out wrong So I have to say Something that I just gotta say I know you'd understand Every time I tried to tell you The words just came out wrong So I have to say I love you in a song
0: You for listening to river city 360 nolan bicknell on location at the university of winnipeg and i'm joined by a very special guest matt Caro. he is the organizer of jane's walk winnipeg uh matt thanks for joining us thank you so much Hi. So, so we wanted to have you on the show to talk about jane's walk so for our for our, our listeners at home tell us who jane jacobs was she was the originator and sort of the inspiration behind jane's walk but just uh give us a little bit of backstory about who jane was
3: sure uh jane jacobs um uh published a book in the uh late 50s early 60s called The Death and Life of Great American Cities Um, and this was a book that really inspired a new generation of um, thinking about cities and urban planning Um, and so our event Jane's Walk is an international event that sort of celebrates her legacy um, and in particular um, her vision of cities um, uh, built for people, um, uh, cities uh, with vibrant neighborhoods and communities Uh, mix of uses and all the sort of ingredients that we uh, consider important for uh, sustainable uh, urban living. And I understand uh, she would have had a pretty big
0: milestone
3: uh, coming up, so tell our listeners about that. Yeah, so um, this year marks the 100th anniversary of Jane's birthday. Jane passed away uh, a few years ago. If she were still alive, she would be 100 today, or not today, this year rather. And um, so uh, the Jane's Walk event uh, is... um, always the first weekend of May. I believe Jane's birthday was, um, uh, this 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 year the event is uh, the 6th, 7th, and 8th. I believe Jane's birthday was the 4th. Um, uh, so yeah, it's a special anniversary. So what can you expect to go on some of these Jane
0: walk, Jane's Walks? Give us an example of the different types of places you can go, the things you'll see, and, and who you'll get to sort of interact with.
3: Well, Jane's Walks are organized by community members, um, and they range from uh, sort of historic walking tours of neighborhoods to more issues-based gatherings of local community members who want to talk about a a local issue. Um, We have in the past we've had um, experts in um, Like environmental issues, uh, come out and talk about, say, you know, the flora and fauna of the city. So it's really quite diverse. Um, It's really just using the format of a walk and, more specifically, a walking conversation to uh, explore the city. Um, It's really about urban exploration in many ways, and kind of looking at
0: somewhere you may have been
3: once or twice and seeing it from in a completely new way and in a completely new light. Absolutely, um, you'll find walks, uh, this year we have walks all over the city, um, new walks are coming on board every day, so you'll find a walk um, in your neighbourhood, um, you'll also find walks in neighbourhoods that you may have never visited before, or places that maybe you haven't been, you know, in 10-15 years, um, and even for those neighbourhoods that are, that are familiar, um, you're, you're always going to discover something new through the eyes of, of, of the walk leader. And uh, give us some examples, what, what what are some of the walks that are happening this year? Like are, is there long ones, are there short ones, how long do they range, give us all the, all the nitty gritty details. Well most walks are about an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, this year is really exciting because we have a whole whack of new walks that are, have come on board. So I just have a list here I want to share because there's some really interesting ones. So um, we have a walk called the Heart of Seven Oaks, and this is a walk that's uh, happening on Friday, May six, um, at ten a.m. and then again at one p.m. And it's it's organized by a teacher a, gra- a teacher of grade seven and eight classes at Edmund Partridge School on Main Street. And her and her students have been doing research into the Battle of Seven Oaks, which this yeah. year also. Uh, has a an anniversary, um, and her students have been looking at place names in the neighborhood, street names, um, important historic figures, and just trying to trace that history of the Battle of Seven Oaks back onto um, the the sort of like uh, general area of, of the uh, the school division there, the Seven Oaks School Division. So it's going to be a really and uh, entertaining walk uh, led by the students with student research, also the um, the. Uh, local sort of uh historic society museum is going to be involved there so that'll be a really interesting one
0: that's great you could probably learn a lot about different perspectives too if they're doing all this research and then you probably have a personal connection from people in the community
3: who will take you on the walk and you can learn a lot from many different angles absolutely that's the magic of jane's walk it's um inevitably uh you know the participants on the walk end up having just as much to share as the, you know, quote-unquote walk leader. And we really encourage that. This isn't, these aren't supposed to be expert-led tours. They're really community-based. Um, and so we encourage you to, you know, learn from each other and to also contribute to the walks with whatever knowledge you might have. Very cool. I understand a friend of
0: the show, someone who's been on River City 360 before, uh, Len Van Roon Jr. and Sr. are also hosting a walk. Tell us about that one.
3: Yeah, so this is really great. I got an email from Len Van Roon Jr. Uh, His father is uh, a noted um, sort of like historian in the Charleswood community. And so this year, um, both father and son are leading a walk called Discover the 200-Year-Old Pembina Red River Cart Trail. And there's a really interesting history there. Um, so apparently Len Van Roon Sr. Uh, uncovered um, the sort of old Pembina uh, Trail when he was a young boy in, in the sort of uh, 1920s. Um, and so there, there's a sort of whole personal history there. Uh, I guess it was it must have been a stretch of, of the trail that had been sort of forgotten or, or neglected. Anyways... Um, and I think this is an incredible opportunity to learn from, you know, a real senior person in our community. Um, yeah, he's a great, great conversationalist, great storyteller. There's a lot to be learned from
0: from both of those men, for sure.
3: It sounds it sounds incredible. Um, so this walk uh, with Len Van Roon, junior and senior is on Friday, May 6th at 10 a.m.
0: Fantastic. Uh, so where can our listeners go and learn more about these walks to maybe sign up for one or uh, just figure out where what Jane's walks they want to take part in this year?
3: All the information is online, so uh, you'll go to janeswalk.org and then um, just navigate to the Winnipeg page Uh, because this is an international event. There are cities all over the world participating. So you'll have to use the drop-down menu and select the Winnipeg page and there you'll see all of the walks listed. um, And there are new walks coming on board every day right up until, you know, Friday I'm sure people will be loading walks so although I believe now there's about 12 walks posted there's certainly going to be a lot more um, coming up. Well thank you very much Matt for talking to us today. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks Nolan. For more information about Jane's Walk you can visit www.janeswalk.org and search for Winnipeg. Coming up after the break, Lynn Scramita, the Executive Director of the Winnipeg Folk Festival will join us in studio to talk about this year's Folk Fest and all the new additions and changes that have happened over the past few years. But first, here's one of the bands that will be playing at this year's Folk Fest. It's Lord Huron with their song Fool for Love right here on RC360.
4: Touch
0: Welcome back to River City 360 Nolan and Robert here with you this morning and we're now joined in studio by Lynn Scromita. she's the executive director of Folkfest. Lynn thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So we wanted to bring you in because it's summer and it's time to start thinking about festivals and the biggest festival and the best festival some may say is that uh, Folkfest so tell us a little about, a bit about when it is and sort of what you're excited about this year's uh, festival.
5: Absolutely. Well, this year's uh, Folk Festival is happening on July 7th to 10th, so it's the second weekend in July, um, out at Birds Hill Park, and uh, we're really excited about uh, our lineup this year, that's for sure. We've got uh, Ryan Adams, the Head and the Heart, Milky Chance, Sam Roberts Cool. Uh, just to name a few of them. There's uh, over 70 bands that we've got at the festival this year. And we're also doing a couple of things that are a little bit new and different. Um, we've got a special night happening on our Big Blue at Night stage on the Friday night, which is the uh, Bluegrass Situation North. Okay. Um, and it's a partnership we have with a group out of LA um, called the Bluegrass Situation. And they. Uh, it was created by uh, actor Ed Helms. Oh, really? In conjunction with a couple of other musicians. Because well,
0: like he can play banjo. He plays everything. That's yeah, cool.
5: yeah, exactly. So uh, as a big fan of bluegrass, he created this little um, this little organization that, that really celebrates uh, bluegrass music. Cool. So we've got um, uh, Noah Noah County, Noah Pickelney. But one of the things that we're doing with it is that uh, we're going to do a big jam session of the album Hotel California. Oh, because nice. Because Glenn uh, Fry died this year, and mm-hmm. uh, we thought it would be a really cool uh, way to do a take on an album that people are really familiar with, but do something different with the bluegrass. So. Cool.
0: So, I mean, Folk Fest has been going on for over 40 years now. Is that yeah,
5: right? Yeah, yeah. This is our 43rd festival. 43rd
0: festival. So tell, talk a little bit about the changes to the venue, a little bit about uh, the, the different things people are going to see if maybe they went 20, 30 years ago, what, they, what they're what they going to see now and how it's sure. going to be different.
5: Okay. So w- when it was our 40th in 2013, we revealed a big site a redevelopment plan. So we had, we kind of moved some stages around. We kind of, uh, we added a couple, we moved where our tavern was and, and where our food village was. And, and so that's a, that, that was a permanent move. But now um, it's really you know established and so people are kind of getting used to it and i think they they really like it they see how functional it is but we haven't really fi- finished the whole site redevelopment because we're still doing some work in the campground, and that's finally going to be done this year. Oh, so, awesome. And it won't be stuff that people really notice all that much. There'll be a couple of extra water taps, and there'll be um, some better water flow and that sort of thing, okay. a little bit more electrical. But um, it, it's just to really enhance that campground experience for when people there, and we're just really happy because it's, uh, it's been a long time we've been under construction, and really the very final bits and pieces are, are, are actually done this year. So that, So that's a good thing. Nice. And, uh, but there, you know, one of the things that is important about the festival is that we try and build this sense of home and that it's a, a place that you want to return to and you want to go back to and have an experience that you're going to be really uh, sort of familiar with, but get to re experience it in a new and different way. And, that, and that's certainly going to be there. It's, it, we're really excited about it. Um, one of the things that's um, that's new in particular this year is that um, you know in the city we closed our music store in December which is a which is a bit of a sad story yeah, but for that, sure. you know that but was a staple that's right that's right but with the changes in the music industry it was just sort of the right thing to do but it's allowed us to form a new partnership with into the music which okay. is another exchange uh, district mainstay mm-hmm. uh, who do a lot of uh, new and used record sales they've got a little folk fest section now and they're going to be coming out to the festival and running the folk, uh, the music store for us oh, so great so we're really excited to be working with them. That's awesome,
0: and uh, I understand there's going to be some new. Are you getting local chefs and stuff to bring their food in, or what's what's the new? Th-
5: yeah, well, we're working with a lot of um, local restaurants. It's been really important for us for the past couple of years to really focus on the local, organic, and fair trade uh, kind of food. And so we've got a couple of new um, uh, vendors in our food food village area, and we also have again to got to build on that sense of tradition. Some of the some of the ones that have been around for a long time that people are really excited to see out there. So it's a really nice combination of of uh, of good food experiences, of new and, you and familiar know, sort of. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you'll see, you'll see Santa Lucia. You'll see um, East India Company. Um, you'll see the Green Bean Coffee Company there as well, and um, you'll get your opportunity for uh, from for, from uh, to. You'll get your opportunity to have suck a as well and uh, we have a few uh, food trucks in our, our campground area so I mean there's just uh, it's just really nice to be celebrating what uh, Winnipeg has to offer with restaurants and have it in, out in the festival setting
0: definitely um, I'm, I know a couple of people who have gone almost their entire lives you know they their parents brought them when they were kids and babies and then they've just kept it going for 20 and I met met some people who have gone you know 30 40 years and it's it's incredible staple for Winnipeg and and just to keep everyone together and and really make a sense of home
5: yeah and that's the kind of exciting thing about it too is that like whatever age you are you can have fun there you know like if you want a party you can have a party Mm -hmm. but if you want to spend time with your family you can do that too it's really cool that we have that sort of multi-generational experience there and and one of the other things that's cool that's happening this. year is we have um, what we call apprentice volunteers and so those are those are kind of teenagers between the ages of 13 and 17 who aren't really old enough to be volunteering as as an adult but uh, they kind of it's for some of them it's their first job really it's their first kind of work experience and for the first time this year we're having our first third generation apprentice so that program has been going on for so long that the kids who had kids are now having kids right wow and uh, so that just kind of goes to show that like families really have continued to make this festival special and 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 are part of our volunteer core
0: definitely so talk to us about tickets how can we get involved is there single day passes what can you do to uh how can you get to folk fest
5: Absolutely, so uh, right now we're on our advanced ticket sales, uh, so that means you're going to be able to save a little bit if you buy between now and June the 30th. Um, You can buy, uh, there's a bunch of different kinds of passes if you want to just come for the day. If maybe you haven't been before and you want to check it out, uh, individual day tickets are available for Thursday, Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Um, But if you want to have the full embedded experience, you can get a a four-day festival pass. That'll save you a bit of money. And then um, if you want to have the full camping experience as well, there's two ways of of doing that. Unfortunately, the Provincial Park campgrounds sold out at this time. So if you haven't got your ticket for that uh, yet, then you're kind of out of luck. But we do have other options. There's our uh, quiet campground, which is a couple kilometers away from the site, site, but easily accessible. And... um, that's available for $35 a person. Um, or if you want the full, full Folk Fest experience, our festival camping, which is in walking distance right from the festival site, is available for $75 a person. And you can come as early as uh, Wednesday morning. That's when the campground opens. And you can stay till uh, Monday morning if you want to. Um, or come anytime along the way.
0: That's where I was. It's a good time. Nice. Definitely. Nice. So our listeners can go to winnipegfolkfestival.ca to find tickets. Is there a way, if, if they want to get the physical ticket themselves, how, how can they do that?
5: Absolutely. Absolutely, we sell tickets right out of our office, which is in the Exchange District at uh, office number two hundred three at two eleven Banatine. So that's right on the corner of King and Banatine.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you very much, Lynn Scrimeda, Executive Director of Folk Fest, for coming down and talking to us about Winnipeg. I'm going to call it Winnipeg's best festival.
1: Yay! Thanks thank very you. much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Nolan. As they mentioned, you can visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. Advanced tickets are available until June 30th. Coming up after the break, Doug Brown, the Public Guardian and Trustee of Manitoba, will join us in studio to talk about Will Week next week and the importance of having an up-to-date Will. But first, here's the McGuire Sisters with I Love You right here on River City 360. I love you.
0: Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And we're now joined in studio by Doug Brown. He's the Public Guardian and Trustee of Manitoba. Doug, thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning. Thank you. So we brought you in this week because this coming week, starting tomorrow, is Will Week. And we wanted to have our listeners uh, just learn a little bit about how important wills are. Uh, so maybe before we get to all that, just tell us, tell our listeners what the Public Guardian and Trustee of Manitoba is and does first.
6: What we are is a Manitoba government agency that that's uh, takes care of, of people's affairs when they're not able to. So it could be somebody who's under a mental health order, uh, vulnerable persons order, or or really anybody who does, or a court order who really doesn't have anyone else who can handle their affairs. So then what we do is we step in and and uh, we take care of their affairs, whether whether it be financial affairs or medical decisions. Uh, so, so
0: you're you're probably the sort of frontline person when you see some of the things that can happen if you don't have a will or if you're if you don't have all that all your sort of papers in order uh, tell our listeners what what some of the possible pitfalls are for not having a will or, or, or everything sort of in order
6: yeah well, one of the things we do out of our office is if somebody doesn't have a will or if they died and their executor isn't available to act we'll step in and act so we see lots of situations out there and and unfortunately a lot of times what will happen is somebody who, who doesn't have a will, uh, there'll just be no clear direction as to what they want done with their assets, where, where they want their money to go, uh, you know, what gifts they might have wanted to make to, to friends or relatives. Uh, without a will, that, that sort of direction is missing. Then at
0: that point, kind of. Different people, I would imagine, are then going to try to make claims for certain things, and it gets probably a little bit messier than it needs to be.
6: Yeah, at times it can. You may have uh, different family members who all think that they should be uh, you know, administering the estate, so sometimes you have those situations come up, which are unfortunate. They create lots of hard feelings. The other thing that can happen is if there is no will and there's no direction, uh, there are Manitoba laws that are in place that will direct how the estate's divided. So, in effect, you've lost control over, uh, you know, how your assets are going to be distributed.
0: So, instead of your wishes coming to fruition, it'll just be based on whatever current laws exist, based on kind of what's out there right now?
6: Yeah, and basically, it's kind of a list, a priority list. So, it'll be first to a spouse, as an example, then it may go to children, it may go to parents. Uh, and and basically, the law just has a list of you know here's the uh, categories of relatives to look at to, when trying to try decide how to divide the estate.
0: And it's a priority list based on certain criteria. Based right,
6: on. and it's strictly based on you know the relationship to the people, not uh, not whether that was really your intention or not.
0: So then, what is the best advice you could give to our listeners who maybe don't have an up to date will or or are just kind of thinking about it or not really where they need to be?
6: Yeah, it, you know it's an important it's an important document to have. And as much as people really are uncomfortable with talking about you know, the, their own death, and, and uh, it is important to do the preparation for it. Because what it will do is it will give you peace of mind that, that uh, the things that you want to happen with your possessions, you know, whether it be personal possessions or even just money or property, uh, will, will be dealt with the way you want them to be dealt and, with.
0: And uh, how frequently should we make sure that these are all... Um up-to-date and stuff is there sort of a a time limit where people can make claims on on your will if you don't have it up to date or
6: what are the rules on that Uh, the the will speak from whenever it was so you you could in theory have you know a 30 or 40 year old will if 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 the details there still work it'll say that you've named your children and your children are still alive those sorts of things that still works what's recommended though is really look at your look at your will. you know every two to three years or certainly if there's a significant uh, change in life so say you get married you get divorced uh, somebody close to you has passed away, that's probably a good time to take a look at it as well. Uh, so where can our listeners go to find
0: out more information and, and learn a little bit more about what they need to to accomplish here?
6: If, if you go onto our website, the Public Guardian and Trustee, we're, we're part of the Manitoba government website. We do have some uh, information there and some brochures. Uh, the Winnipeg Foundation website also has some information on that. And then the other piece we're offering is, is of course, at Will Week, where we're offering a series of public seminars where... You can come out and, and hear a lawyer basically speak to these things, speak to the need for a will, a power of attorney, and even a healthcare directive,
0: and potentially answer any questions you may have at these at these events as well.
6: That, that's right and, and it's really an opportunity for, for the public and it's, fr- it's they're all free seminars so it's really an opportunity for the public to come out and get more information and kind of get a better understanding why it's so important to, to have the will made up as well as these other documents.
0: Great, well thank you very much Doug for taking the time to talk to us. Doug Brown is the Public Guardian and Trustee of Manitoba. We really appreciate your time today.
6: Great, thanks for the invitation.
1: Thanks, Nolan. For more information about Will Week, visit winnipegwill.com. Again, that's winnipegwill.com. You can also visit the Winnipeg Foundation's website at wpgfdn.org. Coming up after the break, we'll have a great conversation with the musical director of Margaret's Choir, Nathan Poole. He'll tell us all about their upcoming spring concert and how they're raising money for the Little Stars Playhouse in memory of Phoenix Sinclair. But first, here's the Valentino Orchestra with I Can Dream, Can't I? Right here on River City 360.
0: Welcome back to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we are now joined in studio by Nathan Poole. He is the... musical director of Margaret's Choir. Nathan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, So we wanted to bring you in because I understand your spring concert is coming up this week. Uh, So tell us a little bit about Margaret's Choir, the history of it, and uh, for our listeners out there who may not have heard about you.
7: So Margaret's Choir is a community choir in the best sense of the term. Uh, We welcome all to our ranks. You don't have to sing, uh, be able to sing. You don't have to have any musical experience. Uh, We welcome everybody. And uh, we get together every Sunday afternoon to, to learn our music. Uh, in support of these different b- benefits and charities here in the city.
0: So what's the charity that uh, this year's spring concert is supporting?
7: So this this time it's Little Stars uh, Playhouse. It's uh, from the North End... Uh, <laughs> I have to get the full name here. North End Stay and Play... Um, and, uh, it's, it's to, uh, it's going into the capital. We're raising money for the capital so they could design a playhouse for inner city children.
0: And that's, uh, in memory of Phoenix Sinclair, I understand that's as very well. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And so why is it important to, con- to combine a charity and, uh, with, with this beautiful choir?
7: Well, when you combine the amount of people that we have in our choir and uh, and perform something unique in the city, you have a good opportunity to raise tons of money all at once. And that's what Margaret Choir has been doing. Margaret Choir has been doing for the past 10 years or so. And uh, it's really neat because we are a large choir and we can join our forces together to create something really unique.
0: And how many people are involved with Margaret Choir?
7: Uh, well, we, we have a roster of about 180 singers, and uh, within that 180, we have a, a dream team that's kind of our our board, and uh, yeah, we get everything done through that, and it's about 12 people on the board, maybe?
0: So tell us about the show coming up. What can people expect? When is it?
7: Where is it? Uh, how can we get tickets? All the above. So it's Friday, May 6th, and uh, it's at Jubilee Hall, which is at MBCI. Um, And this concert, uh, I usually try to have a theme, so my last concert was movie themes, so we did all sorts of different movie themes. This time, it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, It's a lot of uh, really joyful music, a lot of uh, maybe some sorrowful music as well. Uh, We're doing a set from Michael Jackson this time around, so we're doing Earth Song by Michael Jackson, uh, Heal the World, and uh, Man in the Mirror, which all have a really significant message, I think, for our current time and place, and even for our charity that we're raising money for. Um, tickets are $16 for adults, $10 for uh, students, and $5 for youth under 12.
0: Perfect, pretty good deal, I would say. To see some talented s- songs and singers.
7: This is an awesome deal, actually, because we're spending—you're uh, spending money to go see a choir concert, which is pretty usual here in the city. There's tons of choirs, and they're all concertizing right now, actually, at this moment. Uh, but. The difference is that all the proceeds this time go to uh, towards our charity, which is uh, very unique for a choir. Most choirs raise money at their concerts for themselves to promote themselves and uh, their programming. But this is specifically for Little Stars Playhouse. That's great. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how you got involved with singing and with choir
0: and, and why you decided to take this up, take this mantle up.
7: Uh, well, Margaret's choir in particular was uh, kind of fun. We um, I, I, I I worked for them. Several times uh, with their past musical director, Jeremy Valence, uh, up until he he moved on in the winter of 2014, I think that's right, and um, the namesake of the choir, Margaret Tobin, invited me uh, into her hospice room, she was dying of cancer at the time, and uh, asked me to take on the role of musical director. This was uh, a great honor for me, because it was um, such a, a great opportunity for, uh, for me to spread my wings and, and uh, do a community choir. And so I, I said yes, and uh, sadly, she died in uh, December of 2014. And I took over in, so I technically took, took over in January of 2015. And it's been truly an honor to take it on, because um, like I said before, this is a unique choir that raises money just for the benefit it's sponsoring.
0: And what, what's been uh, some of the response of people who have came, came to the shows and, and or some of the people maybe involved with the charity?
7: It's a lot of love. You know, it's a lot of love. Um, people come to the Margaret's Choir uh, for various reasons. Some want to just sing and uh, have fun in a choir, uh, in a choral experience that they might not have had in other choirs. Uh, some people uh, have never sung before, so they'll just come and, and uh, for the very first time and try us out. Um, and so the response has been from... Uh, from positive to positive, actually, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with what we do. Um, our audiences love uh, our programming and our dynamic approach to programming. So I think that's uh, integral to Margaret Squire's success. But it's also to be said that we're not just about performing. We're about community and exploring the themes of community, even when we're rehearsing together on a Sunday afternoon. That's great.
0: Uh, well, thank you very much, Nathan Poole. If you want to see Margaret's choir perform, they will be at the Jubilee Place on Friday, May 6th at 7 p.m. Doors will open at 6.30. And all proceeds will be going to Little Stars Playhouse in memory of Phoenix Sinclair. Nathan Poole, thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank you. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a huge thank you to all of our guests for talking to us today. If you'd like to hear more views
1: and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, please visit us online at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, Views and News from Around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. And please give us a call. We would love to hear your feedback about the program. Call us at 204-944-9474 extension 360 and leave us a comment about the show or even request a song or suggest a topic for a future show. So again, that's 204-944-9474 extension 360.
0: I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360.
1: And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week at 8.15 Sunday morning. Have a great day.